This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber here. It is Wednesday, and you know what that means. That means we bring back Anna Kelly. How are you doing, Anna? I'm doing great today. Good to see you. Yeah, I'm doing great too. I was a little bummed yesterday. We talked about that in episode one. We're not going to talk about it anymore. We're going to talk about how investors should think in decades, uh, how they put their plan together, right? We're not thinking in days, weeks, or months when we talk about real estate investing. It really is years and decades. Uh, so what do you think? Uh, what do you think about that topic? Yes, it's a great topic. And I absolutely agree. Investing yeah. is all about playing the long game. And where your financial future is going to go, um, what your goals are and how you get there. It's usually not get rich quick. I had a call today with someone actually who's on your show, who has listened to our show many, many times. And we had a call today and I talked to her about investing and financial goals. And it's like real estate can sometimes be get rich quick, but for the vast majority, doing it wisely and safely it's one at a time and it's a get rich slow, but get rich for sure if you do the right thing and do it every single day. Yeah. I and that's that. what I love about it. Yeah. I love that get rich for sure versus get rich quick. Uh, I love that saying. Uh, one of the things that I have seen, because, you know, when I talk to new investors or students or, you know, just at a meetup and answer questions, there's usually this kind of, I don't know, spectrum, right? You, as a newbie investor, you make the decision that you're gonna be a real estate investor, right? There's that light bulb moment, the research, you're like, I'm in, right, committed. Then, you know, they do some work. They find a market, they talk to a few people, you know, two weeks, 30 days, 45 days go by. They're, in, they're doing a set of the right activities, but there's no deal there yet. And then, no, you get to day 60 and all they, all they keep saying is real estate doesn't work. There are no, there are no deals, everything doesn't make sense. And what I've tried to tell people, and actually I try to lead by example, because on Sundays I share my goals every week and it's not the deal we should celebrate. We should celebrate the process because again, not buying a bad deal or what I call an alligator needs to be celebrated, right? If you do the work and declare alligator, awesome. That's a win, but not enough people do that. Yeah. I agree completely. It, it's so hard. Um, and, and you and I both coach students, right? And so we have new people that are, are just getting in and they see all these people on Facebook that I did this deal and that deal and this deal and that deal. And you feel like, what's wrong with me, right? Mm. This is a market right now that is a seller's market that makes it difficult to find deals that that make good financial sense for those that want cash flow, right? Yes. And that's what most people jump in real estate because we want cash flow. We want to replace our income. Mm-hmm. This is a difficult market for that. So you can do all the right things, but you're going to have to do all the right things consistently and daily. And you might truly have to look at 50 to 100 deals before you find one that actually moves the needle towards your financial goals. So what I say to people is, if you think that every year and every decade of investing is going to be just like today, you might get frustrated and say, mm. this is hard. This is hard work because it is. It's, it's not 
that complicated, but it isn't super, super um, easy either if the market's not giving you what you want. Yeah. But you have to go, no, this is a blip in time. This is the time to, to practice and to make offers and to know how to analyze what a good deal is mm -hmm. so that when you do get it, you can celebrate. I've, I've done, I know what I need to do. I've now done it. And this has moved the needle. As long as it's moving the needle forward to meeting your financial goals, it's a win. They're not going to all be like leaps and bounds moving the needle. Some are just going to be incremental, yeah. but it's doing that consistently. That's amazing. And in five or 10 years, it might be a super buyer's market again. And if it's a buyer's market, the deal flow is going to come super easy. And by then you've already bought a few where you're like, now I know what a great deal is <laughs> rock and roll. So this is just a little blip on the radar of your long-term success and you have you have to do it every day and keep moving forward yeah focus and daily discipline is key and that's why i keep that's what makes this channel different is not only do i do the business i don't just read headlines and talk about it uh, but i have six experts that do this business right we've talked about plenty of deals that you've done but that's one of the reasons i share publicly my failures right or i don't know if it's failure but the stats aren't great last year 2020 i wrote 250 offers on mls based deals and got two counters it was a seller's market. It was the most extreme seller's market I'd ever seen. Believe yes. me, I, I didn't want to write 250 offers, but I had to lead by example. I buy out of the MLS, of, you know, all of that stuff. And last year was last year, but I can tell you what, I'll, I'll write probably 50 to 75 offers between today and the end of the year. And I'll get a heck of a lot more than two counters because the market is changing, right? The housing slowdown is real. And oh, by the way, evictions and tax changes and all of these things are going to make landlords want to rush to sell. So I, I expect to get lots of deals between now and the end of the year. So yeah, it's a, it's a focus in daily discipline. It's, it's, um, you know, 20 years of experience. This is the most extreme sellers. We just left the most extreme sellers market. It is already turning back to the buyers. I already have students getting deals substantially under list price. Um, it's happening at different rates in different parts of the country, but if you're doing the work, you'll, you will see your market change and that's where it starts. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it is, it, it has been challenging. You know, I earlier this year, I think it was in the spring, I had a few moments and I don't let myself dwell there, but we all have these thoughts like, wow, I'm doing all this work and I really haven't yeah. moved the needle much. Like I did two been there. apartment deals. I did two small ones for my own portfolio and I bought two vacation rentals. And normally I'd be like six properties in a year. Like I used to do way more than that. <laughs> But then I have to realize, wow, this is still in a seller's market. Yeah. I've still been able to find deals and do opportunities. Now, were all of them a slam dunk of a deal on price? I used to feel great about, I got the lowest price. I got a slam dunk on the buy. Most of these, I did not get a slam dunk on the buy. But because of where the interest rates are and how I was able to structure the down payments and some seller financing, they still were really great yeah. balanced deals yeah. that have some preservation and some upside and some cash flow. They don't, all the deals don't need to look the same during your no. career too. That's the other thing. It's like some years you're going to have those slam dunk cash flowing deals and other deals you're going to have to shift to. This one's going to give me some growth and some preservation of capital, which we need in this economy right now. Mm -hmm. And in a few years, I can add back more that are really great, you know, cash flowing. And it might be a few months to your point, right? Yeah. I think the longer this thing goes on, the more motivated sellers are. And you add to this that the capital gain is probably going to change next year. Bingo. And there are lots of sellers that go, oh my goodness, I need to sell. And if I don't do it by December, I'm going to pay double the tax to get out of it. Um, 
there's going to be opportunity. So just every single day, look, where's their opportunity? Can that opportunity meet my financial goals, either short-term or long-term? And if I can make it a deal, do the deal. And if I can't look for the next one, there's another fish in the sea for sure. (laughs) Absolutely right. I mean, when you get into this business, the first time as a newbie, you kind of think all deals are the same. They're not, right? If you understand what I call the yield calculation, you really can manipulate the numbers, i.e. get seller carry back for five or 10%. It means less down payment, less down payment increases your yield. It's just all all these other variables and levers that you can pull uh, to really impact and make a difference. It doesn't always have to be the cheapest price. Absolutely. And one thing that you just sparked that I, I think is important to say too, is that when we just look at what other people think a good deal looks like, um, we're making a mistake because we think that if if that's not what we're getting, like the low price, for example, then it's not a good deal. And so we think we're not getting a good deal because we're looking at what other people are doing. But you have to ask yourself constantly, what are my financial goals? And anything that helps me move the needle on my financial goals, that's a good deal to me. Mm-hmm. A good deal to you might not be a good deal to me with what I'm looking for today in today's market. Mm-hmm. Some investors don't need the cash flow at all anymore. So they can take more risk for big upside. Um, or they might say, I don't want risk. I don't need cash flow. I'm just going to park my money in a safe place to beat out inflation. They're going to pay more for that property. It looks like a bad deal for you because it doesn't have cash flow, but it's a great deal for their financial goals. So every single day, look for only the deals that move your primary needle forward and know what your financial goals actually are. Because if you don't know what your financial goals are and you're just looking at any deal that comes, it's going to seem overwhelming. None of it's going to seem like a good deal. Create your box of I need cash flow or I need growth or I need preservation. I need tax benefits, whatever that primary goal is. And go all in for a while, mm-hmm. only looking at deals that meet that criteria, and eventually you're going to find the right deal. Yeah, yeah, it's it's focus and daily discipline. I call it your buy box. I mean, I looked at a very specific market for three years, and it was probably, I don't know, probably two percent of my entire market. But that's all I looked at. I mean, if it was outside that little bubble, I didn't even bother. I mean, it was a market yeah. I didn't know. Uh, the other thing to think about again is back to the point about cheap price, you and I in episode one, or I shared in episode one today that I expect to buy an entire portfolio uh, of a landlord as we exit the year. Here's just an example, right? I was trying to play with this, how people could see once you understand what you're doing and you can have conversation with owners, I could actually overpay for a property and structure the deal where it's really win-win. Let's say a a collection of assets is worth a million bucks. I'll pay a million one, but what I'll do is I'll just come to closing with 50 grand, I'm just making stuff up here. I'll get a low interest rate, say 2%. And oh, by the way, I might negotiate six months, no payments, given that I'm taking over somebody else's portfolio with tenants. I mean, you can really get very creative with seller financing uh, opportunities and you know, getting, you know, pushing out payments for six months in this environment, probably not a bad idea. Yeah, 100%. The deal structure is as important, if not more important than the price that you pay for the deal. I, I admittedly have, have overpaid what I would have wanted to pay a year ago for multiple properties this year, sure. but because of the type of deal structure I was able to get with both the bank and the seller financing, my yield and my return on my money is significantly better than if I had just bought the, the property a little bit cheaper. 
Yeah, for me, it's all about yield. I, I will gladly overpay if my yield is higher, right? In my market, a yield right now, and the assets I look at are about 6%. If I can engineer an offer and an opportunity to get nine or 10, I, I really don't care. I want to hold forever. It doesn't matter to me what the price is, right. is but it matters to me the deal structure, the month to month, uh, and then ultimately the yearly yield. So lots of great stuff going on. Uh, any other topics on this one? Again, sort of coaching the new folks not to get frustrated. Yeah, I, I think it's just that, you know, play the long game, be patient and just keep going. Don't give up. This is truly a get rich for sure process if you continue to do it and you buy wisely, you know, deals that are going to mitigate risk and create cash flow. But it's not get rich quick. And in this market, it's going to take you a little longer. It just is. Um, but things are turning and things are changing. So if you gave up today, mm. you're going to miss out on what's coming and, and you don't want to do that. Yeah, what I would tell anybody is back to my old sales management careers, don't celebrate the deal. Don't let social media make it about the deal. I want you to celebrate the process. For a new investor, it might be, have I looked at my market seven days in a row? Celebrate that. Have I done the math on 50 deals? Celebrate that. Have yes. I, you know, in my group, right, I want you writing good or great offers. So for example, you might be looking in a market where the houses are 225. But if your model says you can only offer 197, well, guess what? You offer 197. Never, never guess a seller's motivation. That is what's going to happen in a slowdown, which we are in right now, is, is people are going to remember April. And oh, by the way, it's August. And the August real estate market is different than April. So don't guess a seller's motivation. Write that offer at 195 or 197 and just wait. If they say no, who cares? Write another one. Right, right. It, it takes a lot of no's to get to the right yeses. It really does. And if you can't develop, you know, thick skin and take a no, then you'll give up. And really every no to me is like a clear, like, okay, great. That's a closed door, which means now I have room to find the, the really great deals, right? Exactly. So every no makes me as excited as the yes, because I know I'm moving forward mm -hmm. and I had an opportunity on the deal. It didn't work out, but then I'm like, okay, well, the next one's going to be really good. No, I totally agree. I, I, uh, that's something you have to learn in this business. The no's are just you're one step closer to a yes. Yes. That's awesome. Well, Anna, how can people follow you, be part of your world, and of course, talk about Greater Purpose Capital? Thanks, Michael. So um, on Facebook and LinkedIn, I'm Anna, R-E-I, Mom Kelly. Um, there, I primarily give tips to newer investors and tips to investors that just want to kind of scale and have a coaching program through that. Um, mostly multifamily syndication. So it's different than what Michael does on one rental at a time. And then greater purpose capital is really for those that want to invest passively, that don't have the time to invest actively, that want to make a difference and invest in apartment communities where we're really investing in the lives of our residents beyond just looking at financial returns. It's a lot of fun. Of course, folks, she's here every Wednesday as well. Anna, thank you very much. Thank you, Michael.